everybody. Welcome back to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our new show is here. We're going to be talking about the latest going on in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Mandalorian stuff. A lot going on. Uh, we're going to cover it all, but we have a lot of other stuff we want to get into about what we have going on later this week. Because this was supposed to be the week of Star Wars Celebration. And as the tears roll down your face and mine and James and Lacey's, it's not happening. So we are trying to do things that uh, fill that void. Um, I know there's going to be a lot going on this weekend, so we want to get into what we're going to be doing uh, from our end here, uh, from the resistance base to your hearts. Uh, So uh, how are you guys doing, James and Lacey? We were probably a day away, should have been a day away from leaving for... California. We'd be there and tomorrow. Hence the day away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. No, yes, I'm very sad. I wouldn't be there till Wednesday, I don't think. I thought I it was that Tuesday. Was my, I planned out. We oh. showed up at Tuesday at 11 a.m. We'd be in California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're all bummed out about that, but we must soldier on. Um, so just so you guys know out there, this Thursday, we're not going to have a normal episode of TRB in the morning. I know a lot of people are usually going to be expecting that at this point, almost like uh, when you ring the bell and the dog wants the treat. Uh, I forget what that thing's called. <laughs> Pavlov. Pavlov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Dwight Schrute with the mint. Um, <laughs> we're not going to be putting out an episode because Thursday night at 7 p.m. East, we're doing a live podcast streaming on the Star Wars Newsnet YouTube channel. Uh, and if you aren't able to make that, don't worry, it's going to live right there on the channel, and also it's going to hit your audio feeds the following day on uh, Friday. Um, and uh, immediately following that, we're going to be bringing back the virtual cantina. And uh, so, Lacey, why don't you get into some of the details on what's going on with the cantina that's going to be following our live podcast. Yeah, so first of all, I apologize. I have a cough drop in my mouth. <laughs> But uh, podcasting 101, just <laughs> shove a hard candy in your mouth and clack well, that. I thing have around. a sore throat and I'm losing my voice, so I was like, you know, it's either remember this cream or savers. I do. I did like cream savers. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so the virtual cantina is on Thursday. It's at 8:30. Um, following our live show, we have a full house, which is super exciting, and we're gonna do round robin style of three different sections with Star Wars fans. Um, And during that time, we're having a special, the virtual cantina shirt that James designed. It's a brand new design that's only available when the cantina is open. So after the cantina closes, you can't get it until the next time that we do the virtual cantina. And it's, the design is super cool. It's one of my favorite ones, actually, that James has ever done. And it's a playoff of the Galaxy's Edge Olga's Cantina, which I have not been to yet. Uh, but it's super fun, super cool, and we yeah. hope to see you there. But yeah, we have a lot of other shirts too, which I'll let James get into. So all that stuff happens Thursday, and on Thursday we're doing the virtual cantina shirt. Mm-hmm. Then on Friday, uh, when the when the audio drops from the actual show, um, we're kind of dedicating that day to what we imagine might have been like the Mandalorian day or whatever. So we're kind of doing the Mando fan show thing. And I created a special shirt specifically for that, that has Gideon on the front. Um, and he's got the dark saber and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Um, and so that item is, you know, normally shirts are 20 bucks. 
Um, and uh, this shirt in particular is the the tri blend color. So that normally those would be twenty five dollars. But anyway, the point the point that I'm trying to make here is that the, the all things Mando Fan Show are. 10, 10% off. So we're going to do 10% off of that particular shirt, the new one, the Gideon one. Um, so it's, uh, it's uh, something like 23 bucks or something. So it's a little bit of a deal on a normal, on a nicer tri-blend shirt. And then the other thing is that the regular Mando Fancho uh, design, which comes in a couple different, you know, like a hoodie and stuff. Um, if you've been eyeing any of those items, those are also 10% off uh, for just, just the one day on Friday. Um, following that, then on Saturday, we have a special uh, like resistance broadcast shirt that features Ray and Kylo going at it. And it's like red and blue and it's kind of cool and contrasty and stuff. And that is on a white uh, shirt. And uh, I think it just looks like really good on the white and um, pops. that might even be, yeah, the pops. Like the, I think the, the color and the way it's all put together is like really cool, yeah. but I also made it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that feels weird. Um, on that day though, uh, that shirt, uh, is 10% off and anything else that's TRB related. So that's like our regular circle logo, our regular like words logo, this shirt that I'm wearing now, if you like that, um, just TRB, the resistance broadcast, anything that's resistance broadcast related, is going to be $10 off. So keep an eye, um, 10% off. Yeah. Uh, is going to be, (laughs) those things are going to be on sale. So if you're looking for them. Um, head to the description of. Nope, I don't know what I don't know where you go. Go to the Teespring <laughs> website, yeah. Teespring.com/slash/doors/slash/resistance/broadcast. Yeah, and to we check ha- it out. We have some other stuff that we're going to uh, announce later on on this episode, um, including a uh, new Patreon offer for people who have been thinking about joining, but you're like, I don't know when the good timing is. Do I want to wait till Mandalorian comes out? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So we're going to hit you with that. And then uh, towards the end of the show, we have uh, some giveaway announcements to get to. But um, we know why you're here. And we are really good at giving takes about Star Wars news. Let's face it. So (laughs) uh, We're going to get into the Resistance Report right now. And James is going to run us through uh, what's going on in the stories. And we're going to have some fun talking about it, as we always do. So, James, what is cracking? It's the resistance. John, the Hollywood Reporter is cracking, actually. Um, Our top story today is going to be about The Mandalorian. Um, Not only The Mandalorian uh, Season 2, but kind of the reception of Season 1, at least for one particular individual. So there's two kind of kind of two stories two sides to this thing uh the first thing is is that like i said hollywood reporter was doing an interview uh with you know john favreau uh who's executive producer um and uh, or his creator and executive producer filoni and they were just kind of talking about the reception of the show and the the process that goes into um season two and how they're kind of in a very particular situation uh, due to the global pandemic and COVID-19 and everything like that, because their show is filmed with such limited people. They're able to produce the show and they actually don't think that season two is going to see any effect whatsoever. 
Um, so that's really interesting. The other thing that I was talking about just really quick is that uh, George Lucas did get asked what he thought of the Mandalorian and Dave Filoni goes into full detail and we can talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, John, you want to get us started? What, what, what did you think of the story? Are you glad that Mandalorian season two is not delayed at season three even? Yeah, so we had known for a while that season two was going to be okay. I think Hal Hickel was the first to reveal that on social media, that all engines were go. And then um, the bigger news hit when Favreau clarified uh, or doubled down on that. Uh, That's a swingers reference, by the way. Um, But yeah, hearing three is different, uh, a lot different, because we kind of knew Mando wrapped filming season two right before the real pandemic bomb hit the USA. Um, So we kind of had a feeling it was going to be safe just based on how these things work now. A lot of people operate uh, remotely with uh, ILM and that sort of thing. So we felt good about that and the reassurances felt good. But hearing it about season three is just a lot different because it's not in production yet. So for them to come out and Favreau to staunchly just come out and say like, no, we're going to be good. Don't worry. Is such a comforting a uh, positive invoking message, uh, like a rallying call, like, don't worry, like, we're going to be good. We're going to get through this. You're going to get your Mando season three. Um, because I think with this whole COVID thing, in terms of how we perceive our content that we take in um, from like Star Wars and a lot of other things, we, at least for me anyway, I put anything that's beyond this year on like my brain's layaway, almost like it doesn't exist until I get through this. Uh, That's the best way for me to put it. So I haven't really approached the idea of the Star Wars stuff being hit by COVID and and productions. And now that I started thinking about it, I'm like, wow, it was, I didn't really think about that. It's possible that Mando wouldn't maybe have not been able to start filming this year on season three. What does that mean for Kenobi? What does that mean for Cassian? And to hear John Favreau just come out like, you know, the coach in the halftime speech, like, no, we're going to get through this and don't worry, you know, it's happening is, I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than to say it's uh, this huge comfort blanket. Uh, And I'm very excited to hear that. Um, And the George Lucas thing, just real quick, like, like his comments about, um, TFA were like, oh, I think the fans are really going to enjoy it. Uh, his comments about TLJ, it was beautifully shot. Um, so there, <laughs> I don't think he loved the movies, but he said nice things about them in a way. But when you hear Dave Filoni, of all people, relay a message saying he enjoyed watching the show as a fan, it adds cre- credibility to it because his connectivity to George Lucas, having made Star Wars with him, so it adds it adds capital to it or belief to what he may be saying. Whereas if J.J. Abrams came out and said, yeah, George Lucas said he really liked my movie. He'd be like, did he? So I, I don't know. I he, he may not like The Mandalorian either. He may just be like so angry at Star Wars as like the ex-wife in his life that he sold, that he sold to Disney. But um, something about Filoni always relaying these messages um let's put it this way dave filoni has pretty good job security in terms of uh, being that staple uh for the history of um star wars connectivity george lucas doesn't do many interviews about star wars so if, if i made a star wars movie and had the opportunity to ask george what he liked no matter what he'd say i'd be like I, i'd get in front of camera and i'd be like 
he said we crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just like lied. Take that just one straight. snippet, like George Lucas saying like the word amazing, but it says like that movie was amazingly terrible. And you just take the word amazingly and put it on yeah. the back of the, on the trailer or on the back of the box. That's the yeah. new thing, right? They all just take words now and you're yeah. like, yeah. What's the full quote? <laughs> like a super like spectacle flip. of utter dog crap, but they take super spectacle and put it on the back of. I, f- I feel like they've done that for years. I can almost picture like flipping the VHS box over and it says terrific with like four stars That's it. or something. Yeah, just terrific. You're like, oh, yeah. what is this? Yeah, yeah it doesn't mean it. Um, Lacey, what do you think about uh, Mandalorian season three still like being completely unaffected by COVID 19 and all this? I don't. For me personally, I'm not surprised by this because they keep their sets so small from what we saw in the gallery and from what Mm -hmm. we know of The Mandalorian is like they had a few people on set doing things. They had a couple actors. It wasn't a big group of people. So I think like the current situation would only cut down probably on visitors coming to set and people wearing masks on the set. But mm-hmm. like John Favreau talks about, he's like, you know, we've got the guys on the game computers across the room, a couple actors in front of the camera. We can separate everybody. People can be remote. They don't even have to be there. He's like, yeah. so no big deal. And I'm like, yeah, it totally makes sense. And it's not surprising to me that this production is not affected at all, which, like John said, is such a wonderfully optimistic thing to hear now because all you constantly hear is this is canceled this isn't happening this has been delayed this isn't you know got changed so to just have that constant of no it's all good we're good we're going to release season two you're still going to get it right on time you're going to get season three when you were supposed to get it anyway nothing's changed it's like that kind of like john said that like just that constant that you can look forward to and know that it's going to be there regardless of what happens in the world around us. Um, The George Lucas stuff was interesting because as we know, it's been kind of a rocky relationship between him and Disney, but um, (laughs) I just really... It's complicated. It's complicated, yeah. His Facebook would say it's complicated. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I just think that it's not surprising that he really likes The Mandalorian because I feel like from what we've learned, it's always what he wanted to do with Star Wars. And they're from what we saw in the docuseries where he's like, this is what I was thinking of 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. um, the fact that he gave the go ahead with Baby Yoda and he's had these influences behind the scenes that we probably don't even know about. It's really cool to have that validated again, that he's like on board with the Mandalorian and it makes you wonder like, would he ever come back for something? Would he ever direct the final episode of The Mandalorian? Like, would he ever write an episode? Because um, I'd be okay if he did. Mm-hmm. As long as someone helped him. Well, you feel Dave like Kessin. it's like the coach and the coach's son with George and Dave Filoni. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. he's batting first. He's the starting pitcher. He's like, he's so good, but... I can't say too much because I don't want to show my bias. So I'm just going to like make a few comments here. Yeah. I also liked how he said that he was coaching him on like not necessarily Star Wars lore and like the way of Star Wars. It was more about filmmaking and the technique of making things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that makes sense. You're not going to call him and be like, hey, let's have the same conversation we've had for 15 years (laughs) about Star Wars. But can you tell me how to do this shot? 
you know yeah i'm just thinking like george lucas's house and it's like his kids i'm this is all made up his kids hate dave filoni because george treats dave like a better son than his actual kids <laughs> oh yeah and there's all pictures of dave and george on the walls and not george with his actual kids and it's just <laughs> dave and they're like even worse it's his kids with a photoshop picture of dave like cut out with yeah dave. they're just like i hate dave enough with dave dad what do i have to do to make you like me he's like be good at telling star wars could you imagine him holding like a baby and then the baby's just dave's head with the cowboy hat on it it's like just stuck dave. over oh. the baby <laughs> The image for this episode has to be George holding baby Yoda, but it's Dave Filoni's head with his cowboy hat on. Wow. James is like, um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think I think George Lucas um, is is kind of like us in a way. Like, no matter, no matter what way Star Wars swings, we're always going to be like, Hey, this is what I liked about Star Wars. Like we might, you know, be we all, might also be a little bit more upfront about the things that we don't like about Star Wars than George is. But um I mean, no matter what, like a fan or George Lucas himself are going to come up with like, "Hey, The Mandalorian is cool because that's the way that George always wanted to do it. Like he always thought it was like cool to do serialized star Wars. You know what I mean? Like he was doing the clone wars because he wanted to tell these like flash Gordon adventures, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like Mandalorian is the first TV show. So of course that's kind of like the ultimate vision. I mean, there's always going to be some positive swing to it. Um, but I think you guys are right that I think that, um, when he has, worked with Dave Filoni for so long and kind of in a weird way saw him as the person who's being handed the torch. Um, he's going to look at that, uh, probably a little bit closer than even something like solo, for instance, which is like a character he like created, whereas he didn't really create Ray or Finn, you know what I mean? Um, but I think like, uh, you know, if Dave Filoni was doing solo, that, <laughs> that would be pretty nuts. He'd be like, I got my eye on this yeah. one. <laughs> um, but uh but I I want to talk about the um the the Mandalorian season 3 thing too because there's there's a uh a band called Underoath that uh I used to really like and then we ended up touring with them and stuff and friends of mine. Um but they did this thing because of COVID-19 uh because the whole music industry's like shut down, right? Basically no bands Every band is out of the job. No one's making money. They don't really don't even know what to do. And they they tackled it head on. They they came up with this thing called the observatory, and it's this circle. And they did all these lights, and they put all these cameras around, and they had all their crew there with like all these cameras, and um, and uh, they live streamed the event. But then they they sold tickets to the live stream, so they sold merch and tickets. Uh, and then they're doing rebroadcasts of the live stream and you get to own it for a certain amount of time and stuff. And it was so successful. I mean, they hit like six figures, like the first day the tickets went open and they were in like all the, they were in like New York times and Forbes and stuff. They were being interviewed all over the place because they were basically the new face of how the music industry was going to work in this era. Mm -hmm. And they were being interviewed about all this content and the technology and how they're handling it. And I just kept thinking like, man, what a, what a great time to be like the world's biggest under oath fan because every other band is dead, but not your band. Yeah. Your band figured it out and they got, they got through and they're putting out 
really good content more than anybody else. And that's how I felt about this, this news. Like when I hear like the Mandalorian was like still trucking along because of the technology and the way they're doing it. And like the, um, the process that they go into, because I'm like, do you know how mad, uh, how infuriating it would be if like Marvel was just (laughs) Marvel was like, yeah, we're unaffected by this, but star Wars is like, we don't know what we're going to (laughs) do. It would be like pulling your hair out and be like, get it together. I'm just glad in this one case, this is one of those positive swings for star Wars is like out of every other franchise that's trying to stumble along and figure out a way to, to make, to, to have success in this odd era. Star Wars is like, no, we got this. We've we figured out a way to do shows with like 24 people on set tops and they're all spaced out and most of them are remote. You know, it's just that's so invigorating for fans. I I absolutely love this story. Great story. Yeah, I had there was one other thing you made me think of, James, when you were talking about George Lucas is like Mm -hmm. kind of like. I feel like his remarks were a little snide about TFA because um a lot of people felt like it was um, almost like an homage to A New Hope or whatever. And I don't know that I, dis- I agree with that, but because um, he said all the fans will enjoy it because it's something they've seen before or whatever his comments were. But I feel like with The Mandalorian, he, it's almost like he, he like he respects it because it was different and new and like um, almost like a risk. Kind of like like when Harrison Ford was talking about Alden's performances solo. He's like, I liked it because he didn't try to be me. He did. He took his own take on the character, and I really. He he said he's so smart for doing that. I feel like that's George Lucas's way of saying like I respect you because you were playing in my space, but you didn't walk in my steps. You you took your own paths alongside. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe that's what he respects more than someone like doing a tribute or whatever people want to say. Um, that I don't necessarily agree with, but maybe Lucas felt like yeah, you did what I did, and you were successful. Good for you. Um, moving on to the next story. Cause we were just talking about how certain people can like adapt to the times. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito has adapted to the Skype interview. <laughs> big, big totally. time. <laughs> Loves it. Like whatever, whatever platform it is, he is back and he is in his house. Uh, he's talking Mandalorian yet again. Um, he's excited, uh, to play this character and he goes into, um, he goes into great depth uh, of why uh, he enjoys playing this character. And this is actually an interview that he did for IndieWire, right? Um, so it was a little bit um, uh, of like a more like written article, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Was this, the, he didn't do this live. This was all written, right? Yeah, it was a written interview. Okay, so I'm crazy. But <laughs> I, I mean, know he still I still love definitely, Skype interviews. He probably gave the interview yeah, via I definitely a knows Zoom that call. He's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back and back and back again yeah. with these things, um, but but anyway, the the point of the story is that uh, he still loves Zoom a lot, regardless of how the Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lacey, I'm going to go to you first on this one because uh, he just, it, uh, I think it's just so interesting how he is diving into this particular character and why it's uh, it means a lot to him. Um, What's up? What do you think? Yeah, I think every time I see or hear an interview with Giancarlo Esposito, it's always about how much research he's done for this role, how excited he is for the role, how many awesome things are coming in the season that people don't understand. 
um, I really enjoyed him talking about how he is a part of Hollywood that is pushing for change with diversity and roles. And he, um, I enjoyed how he talked about how he takes his role seriously and, you know, he... I think one of the comments he had made was that he learned a Spanish accent to to play certain roles because he was fitting into a certain box that they were casting for. But this role is completely different and it's so exciting for him. And I just love that. I love hearing about celebrities or, you know, actors or producers or directors or anybody in a creative field that finally get to jump beyond what they're known for. So, like, yeah, he's known as the bad guy, and I've said that a lot on this show, but this is, like, a completely different bad guy than he's played in the past. And we saw that kind of similar with the whole Gina Carano story where she was known for a certain type of role, an action-filled role, but also kind of smaller roles. Um, And here's a role that's definitely got more acting with it. And Jon Favreau just perfectly was like, "You're, you're the best person for this role. I want you for this role. This role was for you, and I trust in your abilities. And to see the pride she puts into that role, and then the pride that Giancarlo also puts into his role is like, once again, you love seeing people that love what they do. And when they love what they do, and they want to be there, and they put all this passion into whatever they're creating, it makes you like it more. Or personally, it makes me like it more. So every time we hear an interview or see an interview with him, it's just like everything that he's done to get ready for this role. And you just want to give him everything. You want to give him every role he's ever wanted. You want him to have his own series. You want to give him a movie like because he's just so excited to play this part. And I loved how he talked about how he's a big Star Wars fan and just how interested he is to move forward into this next season of what's to come. Um, and I personally can't wait to see what he does with this role because of all these interviews, <laughs> because every time he gives an interview, it's like, okay, we're ready. Just show it to us already. He's mm-hmm. ready. We're ready. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and I'm super pumped for him that he got nominated for the Emmy. That's really cool as well. Yeah. I think the more interviews he gives, the more I'm actually like becoming a fan of this actor. Of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the, the interesting things, uh, one of the more interesting things he says in this article is that he's mixed race. He's half Italian, half African-American. Yeah, I didn't know so that. He grew up... Yeah. Indian? He grew up in a period where um, he's just like... Italian and a- he's kind of, African-American. Yeah, Itali- he's half Italian, half Italian? African-American. Mm-hmm. Or Indian? Yeah. So it, no, that's what he says, Italian. Italian. Oh, I read that so, word. So he says he's he's grown up in, in a in a in a type of an environment where he wants to adapt to the roles in, in a colorless type thing. So like, for instance, he, he would say maybe a role is kind of like looking for an Italian person. And it's like, Oh, well, that's probably like, you think of the Godfather or something like it's typically more like a Caucasian character, right? White character. Um, and he would just like adapt because he didn't, he didn't, <clears throat> he didn't see that as a white character. He's like, I'm half Italian. I, I can be that character. Right. So just like, oh, the calls for a skinny guy. Well, I'm fat. Well, I'll lose the weight. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the same thing as him saying like, you know, sometimes I just saw characters and they were they were calling for certain types of people. And I was like, I could be that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's just like that's the that's the actor spirit that I think is really um, interesting uh, coming out of him, you know, because 
I don't know, just the way he, he goes into all this detail about, you know, getting to the core of a character and bringing out the, the best in these, um, you know, murders, killers, robbers, and so forth, you know? Yeah. Uh, John, what did you think of this? I mean, yeah, so to piggyback off that real quick and not to get too into the uh, societal and political aspect of it, but there is so many uh, soapboxing like white people talking about what people what star wars needs to do to be better and stuff like that uh that it almost sounds um insincere uh where it's coming from it's like people trying to prove how woke they are or how uh you know accepting they are of of everything and then you have someone like giancarlo esposito who's like saying what you're saying where he's like you know Communism isn't, you know, based on a skin pigment and there's um, all different types of people can play all different types of roles. And he sees it in a way that's almost like far beyond uh, what we see as the standard for logic today and how you should treat those types of things. Like you said, like he sees that role. He's like, I can do that. I don't see why I shouldn't be able to do that. The the list shouldn't be for a black man or the list shouldn't be for Mm -hmm. an Italian looking man who looks like Marlon Brando, you know? He looks beyond that, and th- I think that's true diversity um, in how he's approaching his roles, and I respect the hell out of what he said there. Um, now, getting to the, the the fun element of it is the diversity aspect in Star Wars that's always being called for, and it's, for whatever reason, it's not usually called for on the bad guy side. You know, he's, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first person of color in live-action Star Wars as a villain, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, yes, yep. I think so. Yeah. It was almost going to be, uh, from Solo. Paul Bettany's character. Yeah. 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 Michael K. Williams. Right. Um, of course, then he also might've been a tiger. I think he was totally <laughs> like a tiger. Yeah. So, so and I feel like this get this gets overlooked in a way and it, especially he's playing it a very unique thing. He's not doing a, uh, Palpatine impression or a Vader impression or anything like that. This is like a new, like, this is like Hannibal Lecter meets Star Wars, where you have this very stoic guy who's not raising his voice, he's not raising his pulse, and he's telling you these things in such a way that is be so terrifying, and it's because of how talented he is, and Favreau wrote the character based on knowing how talented this guy is. Favreau went to him and said, I wrote this character for you. Right. Yeah. So he calculated. He watched him in Breaking Bad in Better Call Saul, all this other stuff he's done and said, I'm inspired by how this guy performs, that I'm creating Moff Gideon based on him. And that is so cool to me. And now he's taking that. Imagine having that moment in your life where John calls you and is like, hey, I wrote a part for you. And you're like, what? You just start sobbing. (laughs) And and honestly, it's, it's, it's amazing how he has now ran with that and he's coveting this role which makes me hope that it's you know he doesn't die in this season and that sort of thing but it's amazing to me that it's overlooked that we have our first um real main bad guy and i say guy i don't mean just man i'm bad person you know whatever in star wars Mm -hmm. uh of a person of color and i think that is like breaking down barriers and i think that is amazing um and who, who better to do it than him? Because he really, like we keep saying on this show and on the Mando Fan Show, he seems so dialed in and so in love with doing this and having such a good time with it. He's not one of those snooty actors who's above it and just doing it to, to collect the check. He's having fun breaking those sabers. He's having fun delivering these lines, getting into his character, exploring the past, learning who Tarkin was. 
it's just it, it makes you enjoy him so much as a fan and we only got to see a little bit of him uh in season one and i really hope he's um living through the chunk of this and into this season three that we just talked about isn't being delayed so um i was actually yeah. hoping he did so many zoom calls that he would slip about season three be like yeah i can't <laughs> wait to get the script oh i mean yeah i might die i don't know but either way i'm all in on this guy i couldn't agree yeah, with you guys I'm, more. i mean he said this before but like i'm i'm just really pumped on the stuff that he's talking about as far as like where his character might fall into like the historical canon of the dark saber and all that stuff because he says right. um how you know understanding how he got his weapon uh how he learned to wield it and what he might want to do with it I can guarantee you're going to get all those clues in our next season. So I don't know. It's just that like of all the, the people who have wielded the dark saber at certain points, you got to think they highlight certain individuals because they, um, they're pillars of history. You know what I mean? And I'm excited to figure out how this guy, um, holds up to everybody else who's wielded at one point or another is the lore of mandalore still standing as it once did as we knew it in the clone wars you know like is it is it different now the mandalorians have changed their creed is the legacy of the darksaber different now is it now just an artifact is it like is it something we need to learn yeah that's the that's the weird like duality of the show because like it's technically a prequel because it's happening before other content that we're aware of going on in the galaxy. That's fair. Like, we know like that the the empire doesn't survive, you know, or whatever. But in other senses, we w- this is the first, this is the most up to date content we have on things like Mandalore, you know, and and the state of certain things after the fall of the empire. This is like this is your. Uh, storytelling going forward so like a lot of these characters you imagine might even be dead by the prequel trilogy or I'm sorry the sequel trilogy but um, but this is this is new content uh, for post return of the Jedi so it's I don't know just Mandalorian all around man yeah we had that big like Mando like yeah Mando rules or whatever (laughs) oh people want that um, on uh, the shirt I'll have to maybe make like a better version of it or something. <laughs> um, we got uh, we got one other thing that, um, and then some quick hits, some other like little side stories to talk about. But one other major kind of thing that happened was there was a new uh, audio clip, like a um, a reading of Sam Witwer uh, doing his section of the Clone Wars Stories of Light and Dark audiobook. Um, Lacey, I want to uh, throw this over to you. Did you get a chance to listen to Sam uh, do his reading of the Darth Maul story? Yes, and we've talked about a lot of excerpts on this show in my two mm-hmm. years, two plus years of being on here, and I've always been like, why did they pick this part? This sold the book for me. This this clip of Sam sold the book that now I want to listen to the whole thing, or at least his part That's just funny. over and over and over again. <laughs> hmm. He's so good. This, it made me not want to get the book. <laughs> oh my gosh, James, he's so good. Everything he does is good. <clears throat> From the inflection of his voice, the way he breathes in the microphone. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, but I I mean, it. I don't know. To, to me, I was like, I didn't get anything from this. Because oh, this, it. I, it was... The way it was pitched was, you know, you're going to, as he retells the story of what happened after 
you know, after he was killed and then this. And I was like, no, it isn't. Like, this is everything we already know. And I I, I don't know, it really bummed me out because it just felt like Sam Witwer being like, and then I was at this place. And then I went to the other place. And then I'm like, I already knew all this stuff. This isn't a story. This is a loose recapping of what I happened. Think he could read so my was like, grocery list and I would w- listen to it over and over again. Yeah, I mean, that... I mean, that's fair, but I, I thought Giant these were going to be, like, new original oh, stories. <laughs> I thought these were going to be, like, new original stories, and it doesn't seem that. It seems like this book is going to be potentially retelling stories of ha- things that happened in the Clone Wars. Yeah, that's what and it I is. Was like, yeah. I was like, that well, sucks. I, t- I think it's I made to introduce kids to Clone Wars, because the age thing it says on it is, like, 8 to 12. And I think it's yeah. it's targeted to get draw so kids into the Clone So my mind is an 8 to 12-year-old. Because I love it. <laughs> so I'm in between both of you here. I obviously think Sam Witwer does a great job delivering the content. He did, um, Yeah, I'm I'm not saying that. I'm not saying then he sucks. I also, I was like, yeah, whatever. But like, so when I listened to him talk about it, like he, it's weird hearing Darth Maul doing an impression of Savage Opress. Like, so it's Darth Maul oh. doing yeah. what he thinks Savage oh, Opress yeah. sounds no, it's, like. It's it's Sam Witwer doing Darth Maul doing, doing yeah, Savage yeah. Opress. So it's, so, so it's so weird. But when I'm listening to it, I'm like, I what what is kind of funny about this? I'm like, I'm picturing like <laughs> Darth Maul in a silk robe yes. by a fireplace yep. with a pipe. Just like, come over, let me tell you a story. And he's reading this story by this fireplace, and he's all Darth Mauled out with his tattoos and his horns, but he's got a Hugh Hefner robe on, and he's got his cigar or his pipe, and he's telling you the story. Um, and it's so funny because Darth Maul has three lines in The Phantom Menace, and then we think he dies. And they're pretty lame li- uh, lines. At last we will have revenge, you know? Okay, yeah, you, you have the IQ of a thimble. Yeah. Great. And now all of a sudden we learn that Darth Maul is William Shakespeare, apparently, and he's this poetic sonnet, sonnet delivering, monologue delivering. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm sold. Very smart, very, very eloquent person, thanks to the Clone Wars, and this was proof. I felt like I was listening to uh, like a Shakespearean sonnet, um, and he did a great Actually, job. That of it, was so. I'm kind of in between both of you. I, obviously, I thought it was great, but also I, you know, it's 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 for kids to get into Clone Wars, and that's cool. There one of one of my like more negative points of the last couple episodes of the Clone War was there was a period where they gave like Maul the spotlight and he was like, oh, like this and stuff. Right. And I was like, it's just a little too Shakespearean, I think. And they're pushing him. Yeah. They're pushing like his acting a little too much in some of these scenes. But yeah, because Maul definitely does have that like, like if you just put a skull in his hand he'd be like <laughs> something feels right here yeah he's very dramatic and i feel like that's what we're um negotiating with yeah. feloni whatever on it um, but i'm with you Lacey. i'll probably I'll, I, i'd be down to listen to more of this so yeah i uh an- another thing was at the beginning the the first section of it he's like have you heard my name and I feel I felt bad for the kid because <laughs> yeah. the kid was like, <laughs> the kid's like always about to say something like, have, do they speak my name? Do they say this about me in the sand that you're from? Does do they say it in the space station? Do they say it in the like? He just like every time the kid's about to say, he like comes back and he's like, I have one more thing to ask you, and it's like. Uh, like I don't know, the kid never actually gets to speak either, which is 
and funny because then he's just like, let me tell you a story, kid. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I never answered your question. I'm also trying to figure out if Darth Maul is British or not. He he sounded British in this audio clip. I feel like it's like um it's like someone like like you know how like Shannon like moved to England from the US and her accent like mm. has been blended or someone moves from England. It comes in and out, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I feel like yeah. I feel like either Sam Witwer is not the best at English accents or Maul is just supposed to be some sort of weird blend where he's not supposed yeah. to sound like Kenobi sounds, but he's not supposed I know to what sound you mean. like it's like he de- it like depends on like what word he's if saying. the word is lost. Not last. Like imagine if Maul was like the last of the Jedi. The last at- time I did this. <laughs> At last, we at last we will have revenge. We will have revenge. Somebody, last time, right? Yeah. Somebody, he's he's Fran somebody Drescher. needs to do that. They need to do like actual good re-recordings of voices and scenes from Star Wars. But if the person had a different accent, we should do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Um, at last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. Don't worry, I feel it too. I don't have any good accents. All accents are bad. And Palpatine's like, you've done well, my young apprentice. He's like Stallone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Execute order 66. I am like all the Jedi. All of them. (laughs) Oh, vocal fry. Oh, my God. All right. Sorry. Anyway, long story short, Sam is great, and I want him to do other books. Because uh, he's that good. I would love. I thought it was funny too because yeah. we were talking about how they're like bedtime stories, and the first one they release is like, "I was in the depths of hell." Yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, dramatic mall has become a, a folklore. It's become a thing. Yeah, uh, and I turned my body into a spider because I felt like it. <laughs> like yeah, Darth Maul read a book on metaphors and he just ran with it. I yeah. turned my body into a spider. <laughs> spider. Oh man, the Harley Harley Quinn accent. <laughs> oh, Obi Wan, right. I'm coming for you, Puddin. <laughs> <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. Hey, Mister. Well, what Palpatine wouldn't be Mister J? He'd be Mister P. Mister P. <laughs> hey, Mister P. I just killed Qui Gon. Now I'm, I'm down the bottom of selling two pieces, Puddin. <laughs> all the different accents you could just do Kenobi yeah yeah um all right I got a couple of like quick hits uh to talk about a couple other things that were happening you guys feel free to stop me if something was interesting Mm. but uh the Empire Strikes Back uh has a new Lego set coming out that's um kind of the Bespin duel the famous like no I am your father scene um Mm. and they went to a lot of great detail to try to make it like is um i don't know what to say here real or true like i don't know they just got got excited about the detail that went into how this one was all put together they didn't do um i thought it looked have they made a lego set of the mall versus pre vizsla fight or the ray versus kylo ren on oh my gosh i knew you were gonna bring this up anyway i think this this (laughs) set would probably be won the Star the Wars Lego set that they would have given out at Celebration. Like this would have been the one people had to get tickets for and enter a lottery for because mm-hmm. they've done other ones at past celebrations like the detention cell, I think was the 40th anniversary one. I can't remember what they did for uh, 
last 2019, but 2017 mm-hmm. was the detention cell, I'm pretty sure. Would they save, in a celebration year, would they save anything for New York Comic Con? Because there was some big Star Wars stuff in New York Comic Con 2017, which also had a celebration um, that year. Like the Brickheads thing. Exclusives, not so much. It depends on probably production. Like if the production got delayed, they'd probably yeah. push it to another show. But this and like the Funko announcement that they had recently about all the different things that are going out for Funko with the different, uh, the Yoda scene, which is really cool and a... The Ralph McQuarrie figures; those were all stuff they were going to have at Celebration that they need to sell, but they can't do it. You know, I if I had the space, I would do display cases of some of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. But I, I, I wouldn't cool. want, I wouldn't want it to be Lego though. I'd want it to be like real detailed, like Black Series, but or or Hot Toys um, with the proper posings. But I mean, this is cool. I mean, this is legit. I, I, I had fun checking it out and seeing how they interpreted it and that sort of thing. DJ Elliot loves the Legos. He's all about it. Nice. Mm. Um, the third book in the Alexander Freed's Alphabet Squadron trilogy, uh, we got the title and the cover. They were both announced. The book features the character Will Lark, which is one of five members of Alphabet Squadron, and the book is called Victory's Price. Um, I I thought this was weird. Um can't wait for those quick hits or, or the, the this is what happened in the book video on the Star Wars Newsnet YouTube channel from James <laughs> Yeah, <Bean>. sure. <laughs> um, there are five members of Alphabet Squadron and a, the B, first book C, had... A, D, and E. Yeah, uh, sort of. Um, and they put Erica Quell, who's like the leader on the first book. That makes a lot of sense. And on the second book, they put Chasna Chaddock. And I'm like, oh, okay. So is this story going to focus on her? No doesn't she just happens to be the character on the cover and so i'm like well this is weird who are they going to put on the what are they going to do for the next one and they just put one of the other five and i'm like something something's not right that how is that they're just going to be a trilogy with only three of the five characters i feel like we're waiting for another announcement that they're going to do two more and i just feel like it's very obvious that they're going to add to the series or potentially do three more and then they do like the two other characters and the main villain of the series Mm -hmm. you know or something Mm -hmm. like that for the last one um but something's weird because i i just look at that and i go why will why is he on the cover that that's odd to me like why not nath why not kairos you know um why why Chaz in the last one that didn't make sense to me either so it just feels i don't know it just feels kind of weird it's like it's like doing, well, I don't know. It's like doing two Star Wars movies, and the first one has Luke on the cover, and the second one has Leia on the cover. Uh, uh, depending like, on who the author is, uh, <laughs> you're not gonna do a third one with Han on the cover. Right, yeah. right. feels weird, right? Depending on who authors are, authors sometimes do get creative control on what goes on the covers of their books, but the publishers. I don't know why he would choose those characters. But the publishers. You know? I mean, I haven't read the third one, so obviously, but the publishers ultimately ultimately make the the decision. Um, so it could be Siglane, it could be someone else saying like, we're going to go with this. We think this color scheme will fit better versus, uh, you know, sure. in a set with these or this, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of things go into it, but I don't know. Um, there's a new original talk show coming to Disney plus, uh, and this is from the Jim Henson company with, uh, an alien interviewing guests. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 
yeah what's the show called again it's like uh earth to ned yeah right yeah, yeah it's coming to disney plus yeah. this actually isn't really like star wars news but the thing that's interesting about it is if you watch the trailer for it you're like oh they got billy De- oh they got gina carana oh there's like a star wars battle like action set in the show like yeah. obviously in some ways with this being disney plus it seems like they're kind of leaning towards marketing their other properties so we're probably going to see like how the star wars show brings on other they could could be anything but it happens to be like marvel people and other people who are writing star wars books yeah. so it kind of seems like a little bit of a, a cross promotion thing for star wars um Whitwer one are of you the guys too? what was that Whitwer is one of the guests actually too Oh, he might have been as well. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just it, what popped out to me was Billy D. Like right away, Billy D. Yeah. And then the very next clip is Gina Carano. That yellow. Like, that. So all Interesting of a sudden, thing. Yeah. That I noticed about Gina Carano is she's wearing the outfit she wore to the Rise of Skywalker premiere. Same with Ooh. Billy D. So, so I don't they, know they do if there? they set that up backstage somewhere and they mm-hmm. had them go through the press line and then they brought them into this set and had them do the interview there she's wearing the same dress was that the yellow dress thing was that it? no yellow is from mandalorian she wore at the premiere um it was like a blue uh was short in the front and then it like opened up to like a full skirt it was beautiful but yeah she hmm. she was wearing the same outfit and everything and billy d's melted if i met her (laughs) billy d was wearing the same like scarf and jacket and everything oh i remember yeah yeah that no that is interesting yeah hmm so that, that seems pretty obvious. I looked up the voice actor, the guy who's doing Ned, mm-hmm. and he's probably most famous for being the character Freakazoid. <laughs> Freakazoid? Yeah, do you know what that is? From It was from Animaniacs, but then they spun him off into his own show. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah, never mind. Um, the last thing we got here uh, is that uh, we have had over the past couple weeks actually more than just these ones, but Leia Organa, Ben Solo, Second Sisters, Lightsabers, actually a ton of lightsabers that they're showcasing in this new book uh, called The uh, the Lightsaber Collection, um, which is, you know, kind of just recently. It says just recently or like uh, it seemed like more recently it got a bunch of press and it was up for pre-order. I've had this thing pre-ordered for months. Oh, really? Like I, yeah, like long, like months before the they were day? like, uh, October 10th, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's crazy because, uh, I, this was like, it was something somebody posted on Reddit, like, Hey, here's a new book. It's up for pre-order. And I was like, awesome. This looks great. Pre-ordered the book. And then like, like I said, like two or three months later, it feels like everybody's now like, check out this new book. It's available for pre-order now. And I was like, <laughs> I've already had it locked in for a long time. Did all this information yeah. come with it on the pre-order? Do what? Like, did you know it was going to be the Ben Solo lightsaber, Leia's lightsaber? I knew it was every lightsaber. So the the way that it was pitched when I was pre-ordering it was that it was a like coffee table book that talks about everything lightsabers, including showcase, including what they do. They showcase the lightsabers and talk a little bit about the characters who wield them and why they're built the way they are mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, my biggest reason for pre-ordering the book was I want the answer of the purple lightsaber. I want to know why it's purple. <laughs> I want to know other colors too, but like we have an answer for blue. We have an answer for green. We don't have an answer for purple. And I want that whole like, well, Mace Windu was toying with the dark side, which is why it's a mix between blue and red to be done. I hate and that, you have Kel- that you have Kel- explanation. Keller and Beck, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's other there's other characters who explored the the amethyst color or whatever, but I just I don't like the idea of it being like a mix between red and blue. Or it was blue, now it's starting to turn a little bit red, so it's kind of purple. Like I just don't like that explanation. Yeah. Right. So I want to know. I want them to explain that. So that's it. All right. Um. Uh, that's it for the resistance report. Got everything done. Uh, we do have a couple more segments. One of my favorites ones, Patreon pod race. Yeah. Lacey. Hey guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So before we get into that, we have some other information that we're going to share. First of all is... If, there's, if you ever want to support us, there's lots of different ways. You can like this video, comment, subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. You can follow us on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. And if you want more extra content, including eight plus mini episodes a month, mailings, private chats, all different types of stuff, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, uh, the tiers go up. As you go up in different rankings, you get more access and more benefits. Um, we have a great community over there. It's a great place to just talk about Star Wars and have fun with other fans that just like to keep things positive, which is great. And I got to tell you, the Discord chat we have, which is Commanders and Up, is always crazy. Right, guys? Like, always people in there at all yeah, hours of the night. Not to, to interject yeah. too much here, but it's like we'll have legit debates on there and there's a mm-hmm. lot of people in there but everyone is chill everyone's cool everyone's mm-hmm. like oh i see that or it's it's like how it used to be and that's my favorite part of it it's like escaping it's like going back in time and having star wars discussions when people were cool with each other but being able to talk about stuff happening in star wars now absolutely mm-hmm. so right now if you're on the fence of i don't know i've been thinking about it but i'm not really sure we have a special offer happening right now on patreon that if you join starting at the commander commander level or up you get a special four sticker exclusive sticker pack that would have been the stickers that we would have given out at celebration that's the only way you can get them so i have them here in front of me actually so i'll get to show the video people i'm sorry if you're audio but i'll describe them as i'm showing and maybe you can (laughs) stop and go see it on YouTube, but okay. First of all, we have the Resistance Two broadcast plays. sticker. It's our logo, and, and they're vinyl, right? They're like they legit. are. They're vinyl stickers, mm-hmm. so they're waterproof and weatherproof, no matter where you pl- place them. We have Make Solo Two happen, of course. Of course. Of course. We have a new sticker that no one's ever seen before, which is the Mando Fan Show helmet sticker. So it features oh! the helmet from the show. That comes in at the beginning and the end, and then also um, for the lower thirds that show our names and I stuff. I just heard the theme kick in when you showed that sticker. And last but not bum, least, bum, we bum. have our newest design, which is Gary the Porg. Aww. So it's a reworking ah. of a popular design from when I before I joined, which was mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's dog Gary in a Porg outfit. We got it redesigned in like kind of a disney pixar-y style um it's super cute so you get one of those as well so that's what you get if you join at the commander level or higher and if you're a commander admiral or general you get these stickers automatically as a thank you for being part of resistance yeah you that felt like an apple announcement oh yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And if you're if you buy the new iPhone, you're getting Apple TV Plus for free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I try to be yeah. that cool. Um, so speaking of generals, the point of this segment outside of the cool stickers and everything else is to give the generals, our top tier, a chance to be a part of the show. So first of all, I want to thank them. So thank you, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, and Kendall Gelnar. Thank you guys so much for being generals. Thank you. This week, we have General Andrew. He's going to answer a question that we give him, and then he gets some time on the show to give his answer, and then we react. So this week, we asked him, uh, or more stated than asked, is, uh, you are always such a positive fan, always staying on the light side. So we're going to do, do a twist for you. So if you could be cast in Star Wars as a villain and have free range to develop your character, describe your ideal role. So Andrew, take it away. Thanks, guys. Um, really like to be a bounty hunter, honestly. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, also, would love to have a lightsaber, kind of have a kind of have a nice, uh, a different weapon besides a blaster, but have a, a cool lightsaber, um, just kind of going throughout the galaxy, doing what I want. You're not answering to anybody necessarily uh, of a certain group. You know, you can collect all the bounties you want, work for who you want, but you're not necessarily answering to anybody. You're not trying to conquer worlds. You're just doing your own thing and maybe causing a mess from time to time. Uh, I think it'd be fun, be kind of cool. Uh, so far, The Mandalorian has shown a, a lot of cool sides to some of the bounty hunting. So that's something I thought would be kind of cool, a little bit different. Um, not necessarily want to get into the Sith side of things because I think it's been explored quite a bit. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. I hope everyone's doing very well in these tough times, and uh, may the Force be with everybody. All right. Bounty Hunter. Very interesting. I wouldn't yep. have picked that, but that's very cool. John, what do you think? Um, it's it's hard seeing Andrew as a villain. To, for Right? For, for, it's <laughs> tricky. Um, I, I like the aspect of the free villain who doesn't answer to anybody. And it's kind of this rogue, um, not necessarily wanting to control the galaxy, but just March, marches to the beat of his own drum and get out of my way uh, or you're going to pay. And um, <laughs> I like swapping the blaster for a lightsaber too. So I thought um, mm-hmm. a very clever answer, uh, unique, and it. I now I kind of want to see uh, that villain. So good job, Andrew. Well, let's get you on that story group. Um, but no, thank man. I, I say this every time you do the pod race. Uh, y- you are the textbook of a... Uh, good soldier for for being a star wars fan um and i'm honored that uh you're a part of uh, our general crew here and uh, i always enjoy your pod races too and as you said to us i hope you're safe and well too and we'll see you uh, next time around and of course in the chats and on twitter and stuff like that thanks bud james yeah i i definitely like the answer the idea of the bounty hunter with the, the lightsaber that is that's solid because one of my uh, more anticipated black series that they're probably never going to do is a uh, a group of um, stormtroopers called the Scar Squadron from the comics, and their leader uh, uses a lightsaber. It kind of like sets him out as the leader. It's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> so when you say like a bounty hunter, I picture the Mandalorian, but then I picture the Mandalorian with the lightsaber and it obviously like rings true with the helmet and everything. And I'm like, yes, that is awesome. So that is that is a quality pick, Andrew. 
Uh, glad to have you as a general. Glad to have you doing the Patreon pod race, man. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I loved the switch of the lightsaber. That's the coolest part. Thank you so much for your support, Andrew. You did awesome. And now we're going to head to Don't. Lacey Ugh. for the resistance transmissions. <laughs> Thanks, Lacey. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, guys. You know how this works. Every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation. And you guys give your answers. And I've never seen the question. I don't know what the scenario is. I don't know what your answers are. So I read them live and we react and have some fun. Thanks, Lacey. All right. Now, the scenario this week is Han Solo and Chewbacca arrive at Jabba's palace looking for a job. Cough. Make Solo 2 happen. Cough. Isn't it cough? Oh, I thought it was going to be cough. You're not wearing a mask. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) Han introduces himself, to which Jabba says he was expecting a man named Beckett. What does Han say in response? First up is Joey Sack at Joey Sack. Hey, Joey. Way to get your. Oh, he knows. We've we've gone over this. You can't change the rules. Well, every time. Way to get your handle, Joey, again. (laughs) he said han he uh had a slight weapons malfunction that's one way Mm. to put it (laughs) next up is double c at double underscore c underscore 21 and they said beckett oh yeah him well everybody everyone knows his name so he decided to become a bartender (laughs) well done that's very good. Oh, I get it. Cheers. Cheers. Woody Harrelson <laughs> plays Woody on right. Cheers. I actually didn't get it. I was like, Beckett's not a bartender. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, this guy just uh, hit us up. He's like, I just found you guys, and now Yay, I love you guys. Hey, welcome. So, thank you. Uh, Tell your friends. Next, next is Cam Ray at Cam Ray. Want to get your handle, Cam? Now Joey's going to feel bad. You weren't that excited about him getting his handle. Uh, I don't think I've ever told Cam a way to get your handle. All right, Cam. Cam said, well, if you want, I can bring him in cold. Oh, that has multiple meanings, too. I like that. (laughs) Because Han got frozen. But he didn't know it yet at that (laughs) point. Next is Sean Campbell at NYIles45. And Sean said, listen, Jabba, you seem like a wonderful human being. Guys like Beckett will dump your cargo at the first sign of Imperial trouble. Trust me, I never get boarded. (laughs) And then Ron Howard goes, he got boarded. (laughs) Yeah. Next. That's such a weird time. Like George Lucas being like, we got to add this scene back in. And he's like, but Han says human being. It doesn't make any sense. He's like, doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> we got And also, he says the same dialogue to Greedo five minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. Such so weird. Next is Mark at the kind of vacants, aka at the underscore kind underscore awakens. Can I say something? Yeah. I love Mark Morikawa. Mark is awesome. Mark, yeah. I hope you're doing well. Mark. Never forget. He gave us JJ. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. <laughs> he gave me JJ. Well, he gave us JJ and I just took it. Yeah. I know, did. but it, it felt weird because it just... I'm still holding on to my like, chance to claim No something. context. Oh, um, yeah. 
Never forget. <laughs> never forget K two S O. Don't don't ever forget. Especially because it was JJ, so it's just like never forget. You didn't know if like a side yeah, combo like... happened. <laughs> what? <laughs> he sent the shit. All right. Jabba says, "Where's Beckett?" Han says, "He's busy learning hot crust buns on the Valacord." Uh, so where's this big gangster I heard about? Jabba says nothing. Han, you? Oh, they meant big, like actually. And then Chewie <laughs> says, laughs in Shrewook. Because <laughs> Java's big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next is Cal. Hot cross buns. I'm assuming Kyle Baker with the B. Cal. That is him. That's the meh, that's the answer. So Kyle says at Luke's green saber. He says, Java, where is Beckett? Is he dead? Han, like a rationald on a Kylak. Jabba, huh? Han, like a Gindelson's pelt. Oh, it's from Solo. Jabba, yeah. what are you trying to say? Han, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good one. This might be Hall of Fame worthy. It was a it was a very slow burn in how you read it though. Can you do <laughs> yeah. can you do it again? I so I don't know what these words like the actual pronunciation of some of these words. So I get nervous and then I slow down my reading. Just go ahead, just John. You forget read it. that and just go straight for it. Yeah, or you can do it, John. John you read it. Go. I don't want, uh, Jabba, well, get, move your, your you highlighted it so it says Lacey Gillerman over the word. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Jabba, where's Beckett? Is he dead? Han, like a rationald on a Calac. Jabba, huh? Han, like a Gingleson's pelt. Jabba, what are you trying to say? Han, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. I, like I love it. when Han goes, Are they or aren't they? And he's like, Yes, they're yeah. still with us. Uh, yeah, I think that's Hall of Fame. You think so? Mm-hmm. It made me laugh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm I just like the, yeah, he's dead. Yes, that's the, that's definitely the payoff. Uh, and last but not least is Valerie at Valerie Go Go One, and sh- and Han said, I shot first. All right, guys, if you want to be on the show next time, you can head over to us on Twitter, which is at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N, and then look for this scenario or search the hashtag resistance transmissions, and you can make it on the show. Just make sure to check the date so you don't reply to an old one. Back to you, John. But back to you, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So before we get out of here, um, if you are paying attention, um, and I know a lot of you, more of you listened to the very end than I anticipated. Where they skip to the this. end now? Yeah, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> so we need to do it like after. We right need now. to just do it right buried now. in the episode. Or we do somewhere. three words throughout the show, and they have to say what the three words were. Um, there you go. Uh, okay, so Mando yeah, we code. Get out of here. We have. First of all, <laughs> yeah. the Mando code was amazing. Uh, and Haley Meyer would agree with me on that. As she's Shapely rocking buns. that boba helmet. Yeah, um, we have give shapely a- underscore buns. Please. Oh, I'm sorry, my mistake. We have giveaways um, happening this week. 
via Star Wars News Net, uh, our website, and our social media channels of the Resistance Broadcast. We're going to be giving away 10 Empire Strikes Back figures, splitting them up uh, via two giveaways. Um, I don't know that we have the exact details on that, but just look for those announcements coming soon. We do. Oh, uh, we do? I See, I don't even pay attention. So one of the, con- the contest number one is through Star Wars Newsnet and through us. We're teaming up together to give away 10 Empire Strikes Back Black Series figures. You guys might have seen them floating around there in that big box. They come with special mm-hmm. photos that you can put them in front of to take photos of. Um, we're splitting it into two so more people can win. I know the first my first reaction as a collector was like, no, don't split up the set, but... It makes sense. More people get a chance to win. So we're going to have one on Twitter, which will be a uh, follow and retweet contest. And then we'll have another one on Instagram, which will also be a follow and comment or follow and like. The details will be on the post itself. And the image will clearly say giveaway on it. So you can't miss it. Yeah, that was close. I pretty much said all that. Okay. Except for all the details. Shut up, James. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We want to thank everybody for Wait, listening. Wait, what about the other ones? And watching what other ones? There's more. And make sure to follow us on our social channels because we have our own set of giveaways to do. Um, those details have what? not been decided yet, but check there because then you have multiple contests that you can enter and multiple things to win to celebrate the lack of celebration. What do you mean on our social channels? We're teaming up with some brands to give away some stuff. Oh yes, yeah. That, yeah. I didn't think we were announcing that right now. Okay. We are. That works. Enjoy. (laughs) Hey, thanks everybody for listening and watching to the show. Uh, Subscribe to the show. Uh, Best way to do that, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, but also Spotify. Big Spotify fans over here. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Podbean, wherever you get your podcast. Two shows a week. Three coming up when you got Mando Fancho coming back at you in October. Um, and yes, the Mando fan code will return and it'll be even bigger <laughs> and better than ever. It's probably going to um, be Baby Yoda. Let's be honest. Uh, you know the deal with Patreon. Lacey talked about it before. This is the time to start signing up because uh, if you sign up at Commander and above, you get those extra vinyl stickers and those are incredible because they can survive a tornadoes, hurricanes, any natural disaster and you'll still have your stickers. Um, also, if you just want to support us um, at the base level, it's $2 a month and you, it goes a long way. So we really appreciate that. Uh, teespring.com uh, slash stores slash resistance broadcast. A lot of those designs and those stickers are on t-shirts. James is wearing one of our t-shirts. Lacey's wearing one of ours and I'm wearing one of ours. Uh, check it out. Um, you're going to be having some sales coming up uh this weekend so you have the if you're uh, attending the virtual cantina or at least during the hours of the virtual cantina you can buy our new virtual cantina shirt which is coming out on thursday and then friday we have the mando stuff and saturday the trb stuff so make sure you check all that out uh reverse kyla yeah and you're going to starwarsnewsdent.com for all of your news of course and uh you can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and writing and editing over starwarsnewsdent.com james Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Okay, Lacey, uh, uh, way to get your handle. Where can people find you? Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Wow. Way to get your handle, Lacey. Um, Thank you so, that's so much, John. I really appreciate that. 
Back to me, John. Hey, John. Back to you, John. <laughs> uh, so usually I would say we'll see you on Thursday morning, but we're not going to see you on Thursday morning. Oh, no. Why? Because see you Thursday night. we'll see you Thursday night, baby. We're doing a live podcast on our YouTube channel streaming at you, and it will hit the podcast feeds the next day. But tune in 7 o'clock East on Thursday live show. So you can be in the chat Typing away. We'll check the comments. We may acknowledge some of them during the show. And then right after, of course, we have the virtual cantina. The slots are already filled. We've got a waiting list. There's a lot of chaos going on, but it's going to be such a good time. It's just like Celebration. We did our show, yeah. and then we went straight to the bar after To hang out. And if you didn't make a slot for the actual Zoom call itself, you can take part in the chat right there as well on the live stream on youtube comment we'll interact with those as well it's gonna be such a good time we're really looking forward to it and of course all the other stuff we have going on this weekend so while we might not be together celebrating we are going to celebrate star wars uh the best way we know how here at trb so uh until then we'll just simply say see you around kids <laughs>